0: So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. So welcome to the Transforming Business Quality of Mind podcast. And I'm your host, Piers Thurston. Now, in this episode, something a little bit different. Uh, Normally, we have an interview with uh, someone in the business world about this game-changing understanding of the mind. Uh, And in this episode, I'm going to try and explain what the principles behind quality of mind are. Now, you may, if you've listened to the other podcast, heard it often referred to that there is this pioneering, game-changing understanding of the mind that once people realize individually and collectively, it leads to a whole host of benefits um, in the business world and also actually in their own personal life individually as well. And although we've referred to this understanding and we've discussed elements of it, uh, we haven't explained exactly what it is. So this podcast will attempt to do that for you. Now, before I get into that, it's really important that you understand something. And I realize this might sound a bit annoying and you just want to get into what are these principles. And that is that these principles do not have any benefit to you if you just understand them or know them. The knowledge of what the conceptual expression of these principles are doesn't really do anything for you, it it might be nice to know, but it creates none of the benefit that we've been um, inferring and discussing on the podcast. And that's because the only way that this can help you or make a benefit for you in your life or work is if you recognize and realize what these principles are pointing to about how the mind functions and you see that for yourself in an embodied and insightful way. So the red herring is just knowing them and conceptually understanding them. No benefit comes from that. Instead, actually, it's a little bit frustrating. So the suggestion, therefore, is, if you're going to listen to this episode, is that you actually listen with a mindset to explore to see fresh and try it out, to experiment with what this understanding is and to see what you see for yourself. And try to avoid as much as you can, which will be difficult because you are a human being, of course, try to avoid evaluating it, comparing it to what you know already, or uh, seeing whether it fits with what you thought it was already. So the key thing is to experiment with a fresh mind, be open and curious, and actually press pause on what you think you know already. It might help to imagine you're a six-year-old and taking this at face value with no degree of uh, skepticism, cynicism, uh, and just a degree of openness. And If you have that mindset, it will really help you see some of the benefit of this rather than just understand it cognitively and intellectually. Now, the reason that is so important is what we're pointing to here are principles that describe, they don't even explain, they describe the functioning of the mind. Now, a principle is something that is different to a model, Uh, a concept, a hypothesis, an idea, an opinion. A principle is something that is pre-existing, so it's happening whether you know about it or not, and it's totally universal and consistent. And what that means is it doesn't matter when, where, or who you are, it will have the implications. So this understanding is not dependent on your IQ, EQ, age, demographic, gender, nationality, ethnicity, intelligence. It's not dependent on the time of day, uh, or or it's totally universal, consistent, and pre-existing which means it's happening whether you know about it or not and this is just illuminating what was going on anyway so it's very much akin to gravity so gravity is something that whether we've learnt about it at school or not still have the implications turn up to us in every moment and however when we understand how things like gravity and laws of nature work we get more out of them so the metaphor might be that before mankind understood uh, lift, drag, thrust, gravity, um, it couldn't really fly, uh, even though we had made many attempts. And it wasn't until we had an understanding of what was already going on that we were able to work in alignment with those principles and then make flight possible. And. This is similar to this understanding of the mind, that we're going to describe something for you to have a realisation about that you'll see is already going on, and then you can work with the system, not against it, and that creates all the benefits that we've alluded to. And the consequence of that for this understanding is it's much more suitable to see this understanding as something that has Implications rather than something that you have to apply. Now, many, many things in the world of personal professional development are things that you apply. So you understand it and then you take an area of your life or work and you apply it. And you apply your new thinking to the situation and hopefully it makes it better. And there are lots of very useful and practical things that you can do that too. This is not one of them. This is something that once you recognize insightfully and realize for yourself, it has implications that just turn up. And there's an obviousness to those implications. And your wisdom and common sense will come through. And the benefit will realize in that way. So, As well as having that open mind that I referred to, it's also worth bearing in mind that this isn't really something that you want to listen to, then apply. This is more something that you will see, recognize insightfully, and then implications will turn up from. So all of that having been said, let me now give you a glimpse as to what this understanding is. Now, to give this work its proper lineage, it's come from an understanding called The Three Principles, which was something that uh, a person called Sidney Banks um, back in the 70s discovered. It was something that occurred to him that he had insights and realizations about. And then in order to make it easier to communicate to the world, he created some some an understanding called The Three Principles. Now, it's very tempting when someone says The Three Principles to ask the question, what are these three principles? Because we love to know what principles are. Now, these principles and the way that he articulated them, Sidney Banks articulated them, uh, are mind, thought, and consciousness. Now, those words, I'm sure, already have some degree of meaning in your head as you listen to what uh, the words mind, thought, and consciousness. Now, I'd like you, if possible, just to completely press pause on what you already think those words are and instead listen fresh. And I will relatively quickly explain Mind, Thought and Consciousness and then get on to where the meat is and that is what are the implications of those principles rather than what the principles themselves are. So mind is, in the way that he was using it, is referring to the fact that everything in life, everything in the world, everything in the universe is powered by some form of energy. Uh, source, if you want to call it that, there's an aliveness to our being, and people have lots of words for that. Some people might have a religious connotation and call it God. Some people might call it life force. Some people might, in, in the more uh, experiential physics world, might call it the quantum. But there is something that is sourcing all of life, whether that be you, whether that be a, a, a an acorn going to an oak tree whether it be nature, whether it be animals, whatever, there is something sourcing that that is beyond and bigger than us as an individual. So everything is created from no thing. And also it would look that that energy, that source has an intelligence built into it. So, the best example of that you can see nature where there's just an intelligence in how nature organises itself. So, why do birds know how to migrate? How do squirrels know how to climb a tree? How does photosynthesis work? There's an intelligence in the system. Now, as human beings, you can see that intelligence turning up a lot in our biology. So, just take the very ordinary everyday fact of um, us being born and procreation that requires quite a lot of intelligence in the system and it organises itself to grow a baby uh, inside another human in nine months that's not something that the world of AI and computing can do that so mind is pointing to the fact that there is an overall energy or a source to everything in the universe and that has an intelligence to it now When that intelligence comes into the human sphere, to us, it creates thought. So that energy, or what we're calling mind, which is sourcing everything, creates thought, the principle of thought. As that energy enters into the human system or creates the human system or perception of the human system, it's what we call thought. And thought is the converter of that energy ethereal energy into a psychological experience. And it's the content of what's in our reality and our mind's eye in any moment. And it's important to notice here that when we're using the word thought, we're not just meaning cognitive thinking, which is often what the word thought is. It's often referred to as the things you are aware of in your in your thinking, in your cognition. We're talking much broader than that. We're talking anything in the human experience it's what we're calling thought. And that content of thought is constantly changing. You know, what's in our mind's eye, what's in our reality, what's in our experience is different for every single person, every single moment. However, it is something that we all experience. So every single human being experiences thought. The content of the thought is constantly changing uh, for all of us every moment. So we have mind, which is the source of everything, the, the intelligent energy behind everything. That gets, is if you like, converted into a psychological experience for us humans via what we're calling thought, which is the content. And the third part of the puzzle is what's called consciousness. And consciousness is pointing to the fact that we have an awareness of what mind and thought are up to. So we are sentient beings, we feel things, we smell things, we see things, we are alive, we are animated, there is a, um, a feeling to life. And that's what we call consciousness, it's our awareness of uh, mind and thought that is consciousness. And at an individual level, it can look like in moments that consciousness is very wide and we have a wide aperture to experience everything in the full glory of, of the universe. And sometimes it feels incredibly narrow and we don't even know that we are human beings having an experience. So it's we can use the metaphor that consciousness has an aperture coming in and out. But basically what consciousness means is we are aware of the fact that we are human beings having an experience. We are sentient beings. We are animated Consciousness is why you can tell the difference between something that is a um, alive and something which is uh, a, a model. So if you go to Madame Tussauds, you can tell the difference just by standing near it, whether um, someone something is a waxwork or whether it is a live being. We can feel consciousness. We can feel the result of mind, thought, and consciousness. So, The three principles are mind, thought, and consciousness. Mind, there's intelligent energy behind everything. Thought, we all have a content of that experience, which is constantly changing for us all in each moment, and that creates our psychological experience of life. And consciousness is the fact that we will feel and have an awareness of that in a sentient way. If you like to put a metaphor on it, you could say, uh, mind is like the source to our television, it's the cable or the Wi-Fi coming in. Um, The content being broadcast is thought and the screen and the speakers are consciousness. They allow us to be aware of what is coming through the system. So those, in a nutshell, are the three principles. But let's get into Uh, some of the major applications of that. Now, there's a huge amount to explore in in what those principles have implications of, but I'm going to try and summarize it in a couple of the two major implications that you can hopefully start to recognize and realize for yourself. So the first um, major implication is that of mind, thought, and consciousness, is that the mind works inside to out. What that means is that any experience we're having, felt experience we're having in our reality, in our mind's eye in any moment, is coming from the mind. Not just from our minds in terms of brain, but from what we're calling the mind, which is the biggest intelligent source of everything in the universe and it's a creation of the mind, and the mind works like a projector, not like a camera. However, consciousness makes it look like the outside world is doing it to us. So I'm sure uh, every moment, uh, any moment, any day, it can look like someone is able to make you feel something. So whether it's a traffic jam, whether it's your boss, whether it's the 100 emails in your inbox, it can make you feel a certain way. Actually, that's only ever coming through thought. Thought can make it look like it's the outside world doing it, but actually the mind is creating that. And we cannot have an experience of something without it coming from the mind. So the system really at 100% works one way around. Now, let's get into exploring this a little bit. And so you can see this for yourself. Now, there might be times when you really can see that the mind is creating something because it might be that you have a different experience to other people um, or your mind changes without anything in the outside world changing. But just if you sit there uh, or whatever you're doing right now and you'll notice that your mind is experiencing something and it might well be experiencing my voice talking to you and you're maybe at your desk or you maybe going for a walk or whatever. But even in the last 10, 15 minutes of this podcast, it's probably the case that your other things have have come into your mind and and when they have, your experience is slightly changed. It might have changed quite uh, dramatically in that actually you stopped listening to the podcast and it went to the thought you were having. Or it might have been very slightly, you got distracted. But wherever your mind goes is what you experience. If something, if thought in your mind is thinking about something happy and joyful, that's what your experience. If thought in your mind is anxious and insecure, that's what your experience, regardless to what the eyes, ears, and senses are sucking in in the outside world. So your experience goes wherever the mind is. And it's very interesting because recently neuroscience has started to catch up to this fact and has found that if you are to analyze the brain using an uh, ECG or MRI um, and you're looking at the neural pathways, there's actually six times as much traffic going from the back of the brain to the eyes than from the eyes to the back of the brain. Now, if the mind worked outside in, surely you would see a lot more traffic going from the eyes to the back of the brain. But no, it isn't, it goes the other way around. So what we are saying here is that the mind always and can only work inside out like a projector, not a camera. It can only work one way. Now, implication of that is that the outside world of events and circumstances and situations and other people have no causal power. They cannot create an experience or a feeling in you. That is impossible. However, it can look like they do. And in moments when your aperture of consciousness is low, it will look like the outside world has a causal power. But if we can recognize an insightfully spot in any moment, that's not the case it is very liberating and freeing to know that there's no causal power in the outside world and that only comes from the mind. So a key implication of this, which has huge uh, downstream implications, is that the outside world, events, circumstances, situations, other people has no causal power. Also, nor does the past or the future because the only way we can actually experience anything in, in this world in our minds is now. And thought is, memory is thought and imagination is thought. So if you're thinking the past can determine how you think and feel or the future can determine how you think and feel, that's actually wrong as well. It's not wrong, it's just not true. It may feel real, but it's not true. So no causal power in events, circumstances uh, or other people and there's no causal power in the past or the future. All we experience and all we feel is thought in the moment. The mind works like a projector. And that means we have a huge degree of liberation and freedom that we don't always recognize because most of us spend a lot of our time trying to get the outside world, other people, events, circumstances, the future, to be a certain way so that we can access our full inspiration and fulfillment and peace of mind. But we don't need to do that if we recognize it's only coming from the mind. Now, this leads to implication two, because you might be thinking, well, that's all very well and good. If it's all coming from the mind, not the outside world, how do I get better, a better projection of my mind? How do I get better thoughts? How do I make the mind produce the thoughts that are going to create my well-being and satisfaction and happiness? Does that mean I get to control my mind? If it's not the outside world, does it mean I get to control my mind? Well, actually, the second implication of the intelligence of the system is that you don't actually need to do that because there is already a built-in capacity, an inbuilt design for well-being, resourcefulness, and success in the system. That's inherent. That's innate in the system. And actually often when we, when we try to uh, control thought or our mind or our situations, we run psychological interference on that system which gets in the way. So let's try and make that a little bit more practical for you. If you think about it from a uh, our health and our biology, most people will be okay with the idea that if you cut your finger or if you get flu or any kind of illness, actually the body's... Uh, desire is to fix that. The, the, the body uh, is designed to heal. So it will do what it needs to do to heal the body. And medicine, uh, Western medicine particularly, is there to try and uh, you know assist that process at some level. Um, but really, it's the body doing it. And most of us would let the body get on with that. We would try and help the body, but we'd let the body get on with that. Now, What we're saying is not only does that work in our physical system and in our um, biology, but it's also working at a mental, emotional, and psychological level as well. There is a bias for the system to return to equilibrium, to return to well-being, peace of mind, and resourcefulness. And the best place to see that is in little children. So uh, if you've got little kids or you can remember being one, um, you know they have what we would call tantrums, which is where thought has created a a different state in them. And they don't need much uh, help or support or, or any intervention to return to equilibrium. It will come and go quite quickly for them as the system ebbs and flows and restores back to a more balanced peace of mind and we'll see children do that very quickly. We, we would call them resilient, we would call them fickle even, because they're, they're much more uh, in, in the ebb and flow of what mind and the thought is creating for them, and they restore much faster. Now, it might look like adults don't necessarily do that, and the only reason adults don't do that so much is that we have more conceptual thinking, more personal thinking in the way. Uh, now when we see implication one which is the mind works one way like a projector actually it dissolves a lot of that personal thinking Uh, the aperture of the mind opens and that inbuilt design for success comes back into the system so it's quite a shift to recognize that we have a lot more innate well-being and resourcefulness than we're led to believe um, a lot of us have made being happy or having well-being or being successful or well-being a psychological job. Um, we think it's how we run our mind that makes a difference on that. Actually, there's an invisible power built into the system, which when we allow it to do its job, when we allow it to come through, it 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 runs the show for us. Now, it's very interesting in... in um, where we allow that system to do its job and where we don't. So most of us would allow it to run our breathing for us and we would allow it to... pump our heart for us. We don't psychologically get involved in breathing or uh, the heart or, or even digesting our breakfast. That's not something we would get involved in. And a lot of things, you know, when we're walking and talking and just relax and in the flow, we don't get involved. We just let the system do that. Um, and it seems to do very well for it. Now, when we get into other situations, we think we need to put the system off automatic onto manual and we start using our conceptual mind to think about what we want to do and create the right outcomes and to handle the situation. Now... I don't know whether you've ever experienced flow. Well, I'm sure you have experienced flow, but whether you've ever recognized experiencing flow and being in the zone. Sports people talk about it, musicians talk about it, Uh, business people will certainly experience it, they may not have labeled it. But that is just a great example of when we put the system back on automatic and we allow that um, common sense, wisdom, resourcefulness that is in the system to come in and help us out and we actually probably find we get a lot more done when we're in a clear mind. So, just to summarize this and this is really very much an introduction to these principles is we have these three principles mind thought and consciousness and the two key implications of mind thought and consciousness are one the mind works as a projector inside to out and there is you cannot have an experience without it coming from the mind it's impossible. And secondly, as a implication of that there is no causal power in the outside world there's no causal power in events circumstances your past the future or other people and the second implication is that there's an inbuilt design for this in for resourcefulness and well-being and success in the system that's already there that's already working and when we don't run psychological interference with that with our personal conceptual minds it actually creates some wonderful outcomes for us, and that peace of mind and well-being is something that's totally innate for all of us in any moment, always available. The capacity for that is always available. So that's just a a, a brief introduction to those principles. My recommendation would be that if something in that resonates and you find it uh, interesting and hopefully useful, then have a listen to the other podcasts or get in contact and we can explain it much further. Carry on being curious. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.